My name is Eva, and I am an educational consultant. In a previous episode on learning, I mentioned my interest in examining the art of listening and what place listening has in our society. Well, it seems that the pandemic has ushered in a renewed interest in listening. People are buying audible books, and there has been a surge of interest in podcasts. After all, for almost two years, there was nowhere to go, rarely something new to see, only new things to listen to. But these are small steps into a world that is highly tuned to a visual experience. To be clear, human beings have always been visually inclined. The symbolism of ancient monuments is a testament to that. But in our current world, the influential phenomenon that is social media does much to elevate the skill in speaking rather than listening. This is not a critique of social media in any form. <laughs> I am not going there because I myself am a happy user of several online platforms but it's still worth considering that the format for the predominant online platforms is the witty quip, the loud comment, or the well-written one-liner. And this sometimes leads to what I would call parallel conversations. That is, one person states an opinion, and this is followed by another person stating their opinion, and then a third and a fourth. But this does not necessarily track within the context of an exchange of ideas in dialogue. It is simply people stating their opinions, and their opinions might not be necessarily an answer to what has just been said. So again, not a critique, but a reflection on the fact that social media aligns with many other movements in our society that elevate the relevant and important issue of making your voice heard. This is important, but it does not automatically enhance our skills in listening. To do that, we just have to focus on other endeavors. This is what I want to explore. My focus is on using the art of listening in a professional capacity, but who knows, these things may apply in general too. I certainly suspect that they do. As an educational consultant, I develop educational programs about communication, and talking about listening can be an interesting challenge because my adult learners use listening as a professional device every day and some of them wonder why communication is even a subject to be learned because as they say I do it every day. Now my answer to this would be yes this may apply to the skill of listening but I would say that there would be a difference between the skill of listening as opposed to the art of listening, and I shall return to this. But to get to the heart of this, I am going to start by looking at three myths about listening. I acknowledge that there are many other suppos suppositions on listening. But for the purpose of my investigation, these three myths I want to highlight are 
listening is easy. Listening is about answering what is said as number two. And number three, listening takes time. So, to start with the most pervasive of myths, listening is easy, as in listening is easy and natural, since it is, after all, one of our five senses. But already in that, we would have to modify this statement. For for the hearing impaired, listening can become easier with the help of mechanical or digital tools, but not always. But even that aside, I would maintain that while listening is an unquestioned action for many, it still requires training to actually listen. For an example, an adult speaker can speak around 150 to 200 words per minute, but the adult listener is capable of hearing around 400 words per minute, which means the listener is way ahead of the speaker and may easily be distracted by trying to guess the end of a sentence, by daydreaming if it's boring, or by interrupting in sheer eagerness to get a point across. We all know that situation. We are telling a story to a good friend and at some point we hear the draw of breath, a sure sign of our friend just about to interject their similar experience, even though you are only halfway through telling your tale of your unique situation. At this point, the friend is only half listening at best, and certainly mostly listening to a pause in speech so that they may say something without rudely interrupting. This is actually the good scenario. The less friendly one is the protest, when a listener hears just one word that provokes them and then stops listening. Even if a valid point might be made at the end of the conversation, that particular kind of listener will return to that one word and might even provoke an argument out of it. So, listening is challenging because we are simultaneously listening to what we think is about to be said and already arranging our own thoughts about it. Myth number two. Listening is about answering what is said. This myth has been in focus for some years. I think we all by now have heard that mantra, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Still, we as human beings do tend to return to the very literal when we find communication to be difficult. Well, she could just have said she needed help, we might say in defence. And to return to the case of social media, online platforms freeze, as it were, what you have said, which is important to keep in mind as social media does not lend itself well to interpreting how you said it or what your intentions were. When I was a clinician in an emergency department, I would have missed many symptoms of distress or illness if I had insisted on only listening to the exact words used by patients or next of kin. I think any health professional, no matter 
where you live in the world has heard that expression, oh, oh, yes, that does hurt, and knows that it can mean so many different things depending on who says it, from nothing at all to life-threatening, which is why we have to listen to what is said and how it is said. A salesperson who encounters a customer whose first words are, excuse me, also knows that that can mean many different things. So, listening to how something is said is an ability we train even as children listening to other people around us. But we sometimes forget to apply this when listening to our clients, our patients, our customers. They too are saying much more than the words being uttered. Myth number three, listening takes time. This one might come as a surprise as we, I certainly have often been told, that in order to listen, one must have time. If this were truly the case, then many professionals would be severely challenged. In an emergency setting, taking your time is not always an option But I think health professionals anywhere in the world and anywhere where they work have, for the last decade or so, had similar experiences of being run off their feet. Less time, more patience, less time for listening. And I think this is mirrored in other professions too, where the professional might no longer be spending as much time as they used to on the traditional tasks of the job, but are now having to spend more time learning more new skills to perform more duties that are increasing in size and importance. And I am thinking here of documentation and digital conversion of work. Whether you are a doctor, a salesperson, or work in a supermarket, new tasks take away from the time you had to listen. For me, my role models in my professional career have all been good listeners and all have had one thing in common. They were excellent at being present in the present which is a challenge when you are busy because, and I know this from myself, we tend to ask and answer a great deal of questions in our own heads before we ever listen or question what we are hearing. This is quite normal and we do it to be efficient, especially if we are experienced and have seen or heard something similar X number of times before but we can end up listening a whole lot more to our own conversation than what we are actually being told. And if we're in a hurry, we might actually react negatively if the talker then disrupts us by claiming, no, that's not what I meant, because we are quite sure we know exactly what they meant. This, I think, is that difficult task of extracting what we need to know so that we can do what we are there for, whether that is to diagnose an illness, figure out why a tap is dripping, or what the customer actually means by, you know, that red cereal I can't find anymore. 
I have a favorite saying about this, which is, good communication leads to good information. But often we start the other way around. We guess or we inform people of what we know. And only if the conversation stops or becomes troublesome, do we then engage in actual two-way communication. And at that point, we then have to attune ourselves to actually listening, and that can take time. I would put forth the argument that listening first before guessing or telling other people what we know is more efficient. So, it is not how much time you have to listen, but how you use the time you have to listen that is important. Good listening can take place in a matter of seconds. From my personal experience, I remember some years ago, I lost a family member and was grieving. But as any one of you will know who has been in such a situation, grief or no grief, there is a mountain of practical things that need to be attended to. And for me, I had to call and cancel a subscription. And all of a sudden, as I had to give the reason for cancellation, I started crying. In the middle of this call, which was clearly a routine call for the other person on the other end. But this person, who was very young, paused in what they had been telling me and said, I can hear you're upset and I don't want to minimise your grief. But I also think from what you've said that you want to get this over and done with. So maybe we should continue and I will do everything I can to make this as simple and as quick as possible. But if I got you wrong and you actually want to stop, then say the word and we'll do this another time. Now, I hadn't said in so many words that I wanted it over and done with but it was exactly what I wanted and had tried to convey. This person had picked this up by listening and now helped me verbalise what I couldn't, offered a solution and a way out. I was so grateful back then, but now, so many years afterwards, I am still in awe of this very young person who could navigate such a conversation with the help of good communication. Now, it might be that this person had been on one of those courses on how to communicate with the customer. I have attended those too. But they often focus on outcome or how to get your own voice across. So courses like that can teach you the tools needed to become a skillful listener, but often they rely on you having a flair for it in the first place. But as I alluded to in the beginning, there is a difference between skill and art. Skill is performing something and you might perform it very well. But we've all been in the hands of someone who knows exactly how to nod, who knows exactly how to say yes and agree with you with that, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, of course but who leaves you completely untouched because they seem insincere, though they are using all the right tools in the listening box. So skill can be objectively great, but art 
touches, emotions and feelings. And that young person on that telephone mastered the art of listening and ultimately pausing for 30 seconds, because I remember it didn't take much longer than that, ultimately saved that person far more time than if that person had just continued through my crying with me unable to answer questions that then had to be repeated and finally perhaps just stopped. So listening matters and the art of listening is important. You can view this from a philosophical perspective in that listening aids us in knowing the world as listening psychologically reconnects us to our fellow human beings. But you can also view it from a far more pragmatic perspective. Listening can ensure better outcome, increase efficiency and get you closer to your hoped-for results. So the question becomes, well then how can we move from being a skillful listener to mastering the art of listening? My answer to that is presence, silence and questions. And I will delve much more into this next time when I will talk about how to use presence, silence and questions in order to master the art of listening. Next time will be in two weeks' time, as next week we'll see a return to history in part three of the historical walk through the 12th century anarchy. But before that, on Sunday, I will re-upload the episode on handling opposition to learning, as I can understand that some people could not view the video podcast, so this time it will be an audio podcast. I hope you'll be here for all of this. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing as it really helps with the algorithm so that more people can find my podcast. Until then, I have been Eva and thank you so much for listening.